Welcome to another episode of Healthcare Today with HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor, and want to welcome you and thank you. As always, we try to give you information, try to make your life a little bit easier, and also give you things that help you. And also, and all right, I'll stop and be honest with you. This particular one is very close to my heart because I've been dealing with this all of my life. My sister actually has sickle cells. So this is an opportunity for me to get some more information. What we're talking about here today is World Sickle Cell Day. And this is so incredible. Back in 2008, the UN General Assembly adopted a resolution, the resolution to recognize SCD as a public health problem. And then they named June 19th as World Sickle Cell Day. And I have three beautiful ladies in the house with me today. Please introduce yourself. I'm Dr. Anna Matthews. I work at the Health Services Authority, General Practice Department. I've been there forever, so I'm sure you probably know who I am. Hi, I am Dr. Chela Lamsey Ebanks. I am a consultant pediatrician with the Cayman Islands Health Services Authority. And I'm Joy Marin. I am a registered nurse and nurse practitioner, but I've been doing the genetics coordinating for a while at Public Health at the Health Services Authority. Thank you so much, ladies, for stopping by here. And the main interest of this, uh, folks, is to basically give a overall public awareness for this incredibly stressful disease. I, I, I'm talking because I, I watched my sister go through it. And from somebody who, you know, didn't understand it as a child and watching her as a teenager going through it and was like, what, what is this? You know, why, why is one leg shorter than the other? You know, these types of things. Help, help me to understand it if I'm just walking into this thing. What is sickle cell? Well, sickle cell disease is, first of all, it's, a, it's, it's an inherited condition. You get a gene from, uh, it goes all the way back to your DNA. Your DNA is what makes your genes, and your gene is what um, determine what proteins your body make. Okay. The thing with sickle cell um, disease is that we, you have an abnormal protein that makes up the hemoglobin in your blood. What is the hemoglobin? The hemoglobin is a protein that carries around the oxygen and feeds all the tissues of the body. Okay. Now, this abnormal um, hemoglobin causes the... Um, does not behave like hemoglobin should behave. And because of it, um, it causes the red blood cells to become misshapen under certain conditions. Normally, a red blood cell is supposed to be uh, what we call a biconcave disc. It is round, it is pliable, it's able to, uh, it's deformable. It can get through all, all the small blood vessels in the body. But when you have a sickle hemoglobin, you, um, instead of being nice and soft, you, it forms a gel, and also it, it causes fibers to be formed in the red blood cells. Okay. And what happens there, it causes the cells to become misshapen, and also it damages the cell membrane. But most importantly, under certain condition, it becomes stiff, and, and assume a sickle shape, and mm. sickle cell 
disease. Okay, so so that that's where the actual where name the, comes the, from because okay. it looks like a sickle. And, and for all all your young kids who don't know, when you're out in the field with wheat and you're cutting the wheat and the barley in the old days, it was a sickle that you used. Okay, so we have sickle cell disease and we have a sickle cell trait. Okay. Now the sickle cell disease, you have to have inherited two abnormal hemoglobin. You can either get the, the two abnormal genes from your parents or you could get, I mean, you could get two abnormal S hemoglobin, mm-hmm. that's a sickle hemoglobin, or you could, you could get one abnormal S um, hemoglobin plus another variant of the hemoglobin. Okay. In other words, you could get a SC, you could have inherited a SC gene, which causes also a, not the normal hemoglobin and tend to sickle. So basically, two completely normal parents can have a child that comes out with sickle cell or the trait of it because they both are carriers. Are carriers, yeah. The, the, if you have the trait, you you are you have one abnormal sickle cell gene, and you probably and you have a normal and you have one normal one. Mm-hmm. So what you have your 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 genetic uh, marking then is a AS rather than SS. Remember you said you inherited mm-hmm. one gene. Right. From each parent. One, right. So you have one good one. Well, shouldn't say one good one. Right. One normal one. A normal on one. one sickle one. Okay. And all that, all that is caused by just a, um, a substitution of one amino acid in the protein chain for another one. That alters the whole structure of the protein and hence the hemoglobin that the red cells carry around. Okay. To make it, because um, we're, we're talking about a sickle cell, to make it more understandable, we'll, we'll, we'll say SC day because we're talking about sickle cell day, just just so you're under, sickle understanding. Cell <laughs> sickle cell disease and sickle cell day, just, just, so, just so you have a clearer understanding. Because it's abnormal, the, the red blood cells are, are normally round and flexible. And, and this sickle cell disease makes it a, a stiff. Under certain, what happened, they start to sickle under um, situations where there's low oxygen or if there is um, what you call acidosis or, mm-hmm. you know, any, or some certain other stresses. But um, they, they are, they're, at first, they're quite pliable. They'll come back to normal under the right condition. But after a while, they become irreversibly sickled. So if you look at the blood film, you'll see some cells that are shaped like, a, like the sickle. Okay. You ladies um, on the professional line have, have been dealing with this a while, understanding it. For me who see it but didn't understand it, and still don't to a varying degree. I hope you'll understand yeah. by the time we finish. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what I'm hoping for yeah. because I, I just spoke to my sister just a few days ago and we call it an episode. Mm-hmm. She, she just went through an episode. Oh, okay. and, and, and I was like, counting, I was like, okay, you just went... The two months, three months, on the third or to the fourth month, eleven days to almost almost two weeks, you're out. Is that a normal cycle that that we're looking at? Well, I don't think we have any set cycles. You know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's really an individual thing, right? And what you're what what I noticed that she's using quite modern terms. Mm-hmm. We used to call this painful crisis. Okay. Now we're told that we are, should call it painful. Painful episodes because episodes, nobody right. should reach a point of crisis. Right. But tell that to the people who are suffering from it <laughs> and who is, are experiencing it. Right. Okay. Uh, it is just severe, pain, sudden onset of acute pain. 
that they can't um, manage, they can't ameliorate in any way. Exactly. And one of the things that as we keep talking, um, Miss Joy, um, I, I, I know uh, you were telling a little bit about, tell me about how you relate to Sickle Cell. Okay, well, my job is basically coordinating mm-hmm. um, patients. Dr. Lanzi on my left here, mm-hmm. she's a pediatrician. Well, when we do newborn screening, which we aim to do at HSA, but also at CTMH doctors and at Faith Hospital in mm-hmm. the Cayman Brack. So, you know, and those are the places where babies, you know, born here in the Cayman Islands at this time. Of course. So um, it is offered not just sickle, but we do a newborn screening, which covers um, many other diseases as well. But if any of the, if the, any of the patients come back with uh, sickle trait or sickle disease, then that is where... If it's disease, I, the doctors and I would counsel the patient. If it's the trait, then I go ahead and counsel them. And the doctors do counsel them also, but mm-hmm. right. that, that's one aspect of because I do other, other disorders things. as well. So, yeah. so an early intervention into the possibility of understanding that this child, who, this newborn, mm-hmm. has or has a trait to continue on. So you're aware of it. As a pediatric doctor, how young can you check for this? Well, it's, we do it as a newborn screening. So two days of life is okay. when we do um, the investigation at this point in time. You can do it at any other point in time. We also screen every pregnant woman. It's part of the the antenatal bloods that they get done. So every woman of that has had a child in the Cayman Islands should know their sickle cell status. And then every child born after, is it 1997, which is over 10 years. Okay. Before, they were doing it in the States, mandatory, like you were talking in 2006 as well. If you know it, or you can look at the signs and symptoms, because not every child is born here, and they don't test for it in every country. Okay. So um, you should always have that in the back of your mind when you decide symptoms, painful, um, as we said, episodes. Children get swollen hands and feet, and that's one of the first signs in infancy of sickle cell disease in countries where they don't where they don't test it swollen body parts in the hands specifically and, hands hands and, feet, and feet specifically swollen and painful okay it's a dactylitis mm-hmm. so the blood vessels are blocked the sickle or crescent for the uh-huh. young ones okay shaped um blood gets stuck um in the small vessels mm-hmm. and on the feet and it becomes painful again is education with everything else mm-hmm. once you know from early you know what what to do prevent dehydration make sure you're not cold you uh, avoid infection get all your immunizations you know the chances with with inheritance is is high if both parents do have it uh, i was just checking the the stats here and it says if both parents are carriers each pregnancy there's a 25 percent chance is that correct about correct that? And it's important to note that's each pregnancy. I always have to tell people, every time you get pregnant, then there's a one in four chance. So it's not that, you know, if this one has it, then the next three won't have it. Okay. Every single time, it's the same risk. I know a lady had four boys and they all had it. So wow. she's like, I thought I'd get at least one that wouldn't have gotten it because, you know, statistically, right. you know. It doesn't work out. It, it, it's it's complete, completely genetic. It's completely random. We, we check for everything is what you're saying. You need to check. Yeah. If you're symptomatic, it should be 
a test that's routinely done. I- so as we keep talking about it, um, you were mentioning the hemoglobin, um, the testing on that. T- tell me a little bit about that part. Well, what we do now is we test the DNA. So mm-hmm. it's actually not like a level of anything. If we go down to the DNA to initially, okay. um, we can do the different levels of the different amounts because you have fetal hemoglobin, which is different. And we can measure and see how much of each, giving you an actual quantity. Um, so that's the keystone of it, he- yeah. electrophoresis, a few drops of blood, and we would be able to tell you. You see, once ago, um, when a child was born, mm-hmm. you wouldn't, um, child looks normal, like a normal child. I mean, there was no, um, there's a, nothing to tell that this child. Right. Especially if the parent, if you don't know what the parents had. Mm-hmm. And not to tell if child's going to be a sickler. Because why? They're born with a particular, they're born with what is known as some of their fetal hemoglobin. That is the hemoglobin they had while they were, um, while they were in the fetal state. Okay. Okay? That prevents sickling. Mm. But nowadays, what, since we're using the DNA, of course, you go straight to the gene and you look at it and you say, oh, this one has this gene for the um sickle cell and this has a normal gene. Okay. So this either have an AS or your SS or your S with something else that is going to sickle. Okay. So 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 be, as you said before, you kind of it was a guess and you kind of wait to see what would happen, but now we can go and take a look at the actual DNA of a particular child to see hey, this child has this gene trait and this child doesn't. Or have have the disease. You see, when we used to use um, just on before we started doing that, and we used to just have to use the elect the electrophoresis. Electrophoresis um, just shows you the protein content, mm-hmm. and of course, if you haven't started making the protein that's going to cause sickling, then it it, it, will, it wouldn't show. Yeah. But now, if you go to the gene, it is right there. I remember um, growing up. I used to hear, you know, oh well, kids kind of slide through the cracks. You know, with, with with the testing, and this was in the states. This is America, and and back back in the day, I say. But you know, my sister, for a long time, they didn't know what it was. She was just getting sick, and they couldn't figure out why she was getting sick. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking seventies ish. Mm-hmm. Um, a doctor said, you know, I do believe that we need to check for a sickle cell. Mm-hmm. And, and then I keep hearing the word, and I. I may be wrong, but it was sickle cell anemia. Yes, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a, that's the name they call it. Ex- exactly. So so that was a term that I kept hearing and and trying to figure out you know what it was and and, and every every winter she would get cold, mm-hmm. she got sick. It was like clockwork. So so what you ladies are telling me is that that is a direct correlation to to the sickle cell disease. Mm-hmm. Sickle cell disease because um as um. As Dr. Lamsey was explaining earlier, is that um, anemia, mm-hmm. which means that you have um, a low uh, hemoglobin, mm-hmm. right? But um, so why it is that uh, in sickles, what really happens is that the blood cells get destroyed in the body, so you're going to have less hemoglobin than the norm. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not um, a condition that can be... Um, corrected by giving them iron supplement or anything because they are not short of iron, right? What they're short of is the amount of red cells, okay, that can carry the oxygen um, appropriately. Understandable. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll come right back to that. 
keeping you up to date with information you can use. use. Mobile 89.1 FM. The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority's General Practice and Public Health Clinics have relocated to Smith Road Medical Center. At the new location, you'll receive top quality care in a comfortable modern space enhancing your patient experience. Do you have flu-like symptoms or other non-emergent illnesses or injury? HSA's new urgent care walk-in clinic is now open at the main hospital campus. The new general practice location is for appointments only. For more information, call 949-8600 or visit hsa.com. The Health Services Authority's new pharmacy is now open at the Smith Road Medical Center. The new location features a large, comfortable waiting area and ticketing system to improve the patient experience. All uncollected prescriptions and refill requests previously submitted will now be available for collection at the Smith Road Pharmacy. Request your refills online at hsa.ky via WhatsApp 925-6532 or call 244-2715. For more information about our pharmacy hours, visit hsa.ky. You can now book and pay online for your certified lateral flow test at www.hsa.ky forward slash appointment. It's fast, easy, and convenient. Certified LFTs are $25 per test per person. HSA's testing center is located at 131 Center, McClendon Drive, behind Foster's Airport. Walk-ins for certified LFTs are also available. Need a PCR test for travel? These are now only $75. Visit hsa.ky forward slash appointment for more information. Keeping you up to date with information you can use. Use. Mobile 89.1 FM. For anyone just tuning in, uh, welcome to Healthcare Today with HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor, and I'm just going to, sorry to do this, ladies, please introduce yourselves to our listening public once again for anyone who's just tuning in. I'm Dr. Chela Lamze-Ebanks. I am a consultant pediatrician at the Cayman Islands Health Services Authority. I'm Dr. Anna Matthews. I'm a general practitioner and family physician at the Cayman Islands Health Services Authority. My name is Joy Marin. I work at Public Health Health Services Authority as genetics coordinator. I am an RN and a nurse practitioner. Thank you so much. We're talking about uh, World Sickle Cell Day uh, that was taking place on June 19th. Just a history of uh, sickle cell uh, disease. Uh, Dr. James Herrick, the first to describe it back in um, 1910, I, I do believe, tried to do a little bit of, of background information. It was highly suggestive that this was early reports of, of the sickle cell and disease. And then Walter Clements Noel was a dental student from uh, Grenada who uh, showed typical findings of sickle cell disease and noted that to an intern, Dr. Iron. So we, we have um, quite a long history of, of knowing about it and still developing understanding of it. Yes, actually, um, it was noticed before that, you know, from in the days of slavery, when they usually find that, um, you know, in, in the cadavers, mm-hmm. they find certain, um, they actually found the sickle cells. Okay. You know, and... Um, and they noticed that some of them didn't have any spleen. Okay. Okay. And they said, wait, this is strange, you know. Mm-hmm. So in 1910, around 1910, I think, this guy from, from Grenada mm-hmm. was a dental student, was studying in the States, and he used to have these crises. So he was seen in hospital, um, and um, they used to say um, episodes of pain and biliousness, and um, they noticed that the blood cells had this particular shape. 
so they linked it to his his illness. Okay. Of course, um, later went back to Grenada and died um, five years after. Uh huh. Yeah, he's buried there now. I think there's a marker on his grave. But he was the first person that was was diagnosed with it. So um, it has been around. Well, it has been around. It, I mean, it was. It, it, they, they think it started actually in um, sub-Saharan Africa, okay, and um, you know, in the tropical areas. Mm-hmm. And but and um, initially it was probably um, confined there, but with inherit with um, with migration, mm-hmm. the gene has traveled. So it has reached a state you now where in. Some parts of Europe, it actually is um, rivaling some of the more um, genetic um, European diseases like um, cystic fibrosis and hemophilia. Okay. Almost equal, right? Because your genes travel with you. Of okay? course, <laughs> the, you can't you can't leave <laughs> them. Can't leave they, them they, they, would Would you say um, that if you do have it, you you would be more affected in cold countries versus warm countries? Well, um, it's not about the countries, how you keep yourself cold or warm. Okay. Extremes of temperature will bring on a cyclic crisis, can bring on a cyclic crisis. Okay. Right? If you jump into a cold swimming pool, it wouldn't be wise if you're a cyclist to, you know, go swimming mm-hmm. and keep the wet clothes on. Right. You know? The, the, the temperature drop triggers yeah. the reaction from the body. And also cold does something to the blood vessels. It, it causes a bit of um, what we call vasoconstriction, make them narrow. Mm-hmm. So you have, if, you did, if the blood vessels are narrow and you have the cells that are ill-shaped, ill-formed, sticky, they're going to they're gonna, they're, they're gonna get stuck. So what happens is that they get stuck. And and the blood the, the blood the, prox- the blood coming in the oxygenated blood is not getting to the tissues. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that the, the tissues are starved of oxygen, and you have death of tissues. Mm. Hence, you end up with um, damage to say the kidney, the liver. Okay, so 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 it it can directly affect yes. organs yes. through yes. the lack of oxygen yes. to them, especially after repeated um, episodes. Where we have these painful episodes, right? When when, when there's a cl- occlusion of the blood vessel, mm-hmm. another thing that happens because of the cyclin, um, be- because of the hemoglobin, is that these cells are abnormal. Okay, they are not nice and brown as I mentioned. They are probably coarse and and um, ill-shaped. So the body sees these as bad, especially the spleen, and does a culling. You know picking out these bad cells, right? You also have um, hemolysis of the cells because the membrane is, sorry, hemolysis meaning breaking of the red blood cells, okay? Just, okay. And that is how, that is what causes the anemia. Okay. Because yeah. a normal red blood cell will live 120 days, but a sickle cell is only going to live about a 11 or 12 days. So when you when you have an episode, the length of it, generally can be between 10 to, say, 13 days, somewhere in that vicinity? It really varies. It varies. Yep. Would it vary based on size of the person or just just whatever situation that they're put in? It really varies from person to person. It's clinically variable. Okay. And so you may, have, um, you may have two siblings, same mommy, same daddy. One of them may be quite mild and the other one may be much more severe and that has to do with each of our unique makeup okay. yeah you know okay so. let me ask um 
uh, Dr. Eubanks here about this. How much children are born with sickle cell? Just kind of, kind of I mean, you, you, you hear, well, mom have it, dad don't, and, and the cross, the cross reference, and, and we, we've been screening and checking this for quite a, quite a few years. So um, is there po- a positive change you've seen in it? Right now we have 40, 44 persons known to public health. We've been testing since 1997, and one in two babies, well, are born each year with sickle cell disease, and the percentage of sickle cell positive births between 1997, when we started testing, and 2021 has varied from 1.9 to even as high as 8.4 each year. Um, 5.4% of all the births have either sickle or sickle cell trait. and the frequency of the trait is lower than that for that's been quoted generally for the Caribbean, which is about ten percent for AS. So we're about half of that. Okay. But do, do you think it may be because the rest of the Caribbean aren't testing as aggressively as us? I, I've traveled quite places, and in very few places are as technologically ad- advanced medically as us That's a point but um you know Especially in the um, caribbean and yeah, in the caribbean mm-hmm. yes um cayman does enjoy a high standard of um health mm-hmm. care right so you know that's also possible it, it could be but in jamaica it's also um i think it's 10 percent okay of the population carries, carries, carries yeah. the gene. that doesn't mean that the 10 percent have the disease it's just carries the gene right and the importance of um of testing, right, to see if you carry the trait, is that lots of persons will have the trait and don't know that they have it. Okay. Okay? And if you are interested, in, if you are thinking of um, having a child, it's good to know what your possibilities are. Right. What your probabilities. Okay. And, for, for, and so uh, for my, my listening public, Please, please do get test tested. Um, if you're planning on, you know, tying the knot and having kids, know know your genetic makeup a little bit. Would would you say that that is kind of the? Yes, it's good because you remember now that Cayman has become quite cosmopolitan, mm-hmm. and um, sickle cell is a worldwide disease. It's no longer confined to Sub-Saharan Africa and the and the tropical and the tropics. Okay, so you might meet somebody who has a trait. And you might have the trait, neither you know, mm-hmm. and then you know you're surprised right. kind of, that you have a child who's affected and you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one of the things. That's one of the good things that we have that we can know in advance. Also, um, we were taught in, back in the day that if you have the trait, you are normal, you're fine, you have no problem. That is not true. There's what we have found um, anecdotally most times that people with the trait still do have some of the symptoms, some joint pains, and you know, and sometimes under certain circumstances, they can actually have these painful episodes mm-hmm. that we you know that we have talked about that, that occur in the persons who are affected with the disease and not the trait. Also, there are certain things that are character that are characteristic of the trait. Um, Dr. Lamsey will tell you more about the children with the trait, what they do, and what happened to them. Okay, I'll just say that. Um, you have heard um, stories of these athletes who dropped down dead on the football field and what have you. Right. They probably had the trait they don't know, and they're exposed to extreme heat. Pushing the body to the and limit. Yes. So they, we tend, they tend to be very heat sensitive. 
uh, it can cause sudden death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, there are certain kidney conditions and a particular kidney cancer, which is um, specific to the persons who have the sickle cell trait. So we have to tell you to look out for things like blood in the urine and, you know. So it's important that you know. I mean, if you're, you have a disease after mm-hmm. the first four months of life, first four months or two months, you'll know. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you have the trait, you won't know. Right. It, 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 it's, and, and, and Dr. Lansing, I just want to ch- j- jump in here. Uh, acute and chronic and trait, you know, for children, how, how do you see that? How, how, I mean, I, of course, I mean, I know we test here, but suppose someone is bringing a child in here and, and all of a sudden they, they're, they see these things and they're wondering what's going on. How, how can they be more sure? Well, testing. Of course, Mm -hmm. also goes back to the genes and testing, the genetics of it. Um, And we're lucky every pregnant woman gets tested and every child born here. So we are very aware. And and that's what I was also kind of alluding to. Uh, You know, the world is still in this crisis, this world pandemic, you know, Mm -hmm. overall. You know, every, every day there's something new. But if you have a pre-existing condition, this compounds it. So, 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 um, and from how I'm hearing, say I'm an adult in my twenties, I'm, I'm past that newborn stage. I've never been tested. And all of a sudden I'm start having these, it could be something lit related to sickle. Yeah. More than likely treat at that age group because mm-hmm. you will have a crisis. I mean, we do say there can be occurrences, but they mm-hmm. are rare. Okay. Um, so usually within your childhood or infancy, you the, would be it, we would have you would have figured it out by that time. Sick. You know, it's one of the things you do test for any child who is epidemic. Um, routinely screening, you should have a CBC done, and that should pick up every child as well if you happen to not be born mm-hmm. here. Okay, and so so we we have a pretty good track record of finding the issue. Mm-hmm. From from how I'm hearing the the conversation going, can we treat it? Yeah. The, now now here you've alluded to my next question. What is the treatment? What 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 is what is the go to? Okay. So um, there's no cure. So there's nothing that we can give you at this point in time, and it would heal um, everything. You would still be taking medications. If you get transplant, you need to prevent. Rejection. So you're on medications anyway you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the key is pain management, of course, um, and fluids, keep hydrated. There is a drug that was recently introduced, hydroxyurea, which has been a godsend to sicklers. Um, what happens is when you're a fetus, you have fetal hemoglobin. And what the hydroxyurea does is it increases the amount of fetal hemoglobin that you have in your system, thereby decreasing the percentage of sickle. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's over 30% sickle is when you usually would become, you're, you're prone to s- symptoms and okay. um, to get in episodes. So hydroxyurea has revolutionized. Of course, Nothing in life is free, so it was initially a chemotherapy drug, so to be aware uh, of the extent of it. Okay. And so everything has its price, and you still need to monitor. With the young kids, the frequent bloods can be mm-hmm. rough. Okay. Um, 
And, and for adults, is is it available for adults also? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and based on, I mean, child versus adults, I'm sure that the dosage level has to be different. Is it more severe with adults using it or more severe with kids or it's about the same? It's about the same because the therapeutic concentration that you would need to get would be about the same. Okay. So the symptoms would be equivalent. But of course, the longer you are on a drug, the higher your risk of mm-hmm. long-term effects. And remember, if you started at five years old mm-hmm. and you live into 55, I mean, you're on a drug for a very long time. Right. Yeah? And that in itself will increase your risks for the side effects of a long-term chemotherapy drug. Two or three other drugs out now mm-hmm. that um, um, take some part in the, let's say, the anticycline of the cells. Mm-hmm. Right? They either prevent them from forming these fibers that shape the cells, or they increase the oxygenation um, that the cells get. All right. Okay? The thing is, is that uh, we don't have them here. All we have now here in Cayman is the hydroxyurea. Okay. There is um, L-glutamine as well that... Um, yeah, it is used, you know, I think it could be available, but at extremely expensive. What I just say that I'm not saying that what we have. All okay. we have is hydroxyurea just now. Okay. Okay. So, so. Um, and cures are supposed to be coming. <laughs> they are doing experiments. Because it is, it is a single gene. So that makes gene. it a perfect candidate for gene mm-hmm. sequencing and, and medication based on that. And, and that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Be, be, because we're talking about a single cell, mm-hmm. you know, that is damaging to say the least. I mean, we, we, we know a, a lot, fair enough about it. Um, is there something we can like vitamins or is there a way to build up our system so that no. when it does come, uh, you, you know, I, 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 I'm, 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 ta- I'm talking. Much, you see, it, um, the advanced um, studies and, and experiments and things they're doing now to get mm-hmm. these drugs is going straight into the gene, okay. straight into the DNA, right? What they're trying to do now is, is, is um, uh, introduce, introduce drugs that, that will shut off the gene that makes the bad, um, the bad protein okay. and stimulate the one that makes the, the good the protein, the wow. of it, you know? So of hemoglobin course F. that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. hemoglobin F right which is the one that um you know in fact I tell you what you have some people who you might find um, very rarely though that who are sicklers have mm-hmm. sickle disease and they're almost asymptomatic. Okay. What they have is the what a condition known as persistent um, the hemoglobin hereditary persistence of the hemoglobin F. Okay. Hemoglobin F supposed to shut off at birth, mm-hmm. but if it persists. Even if you have the bad, um, G, you have the gene that causes um, the, the, the sickle hemoglobin, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it overrides the effect, literally. And okay. you don't get, you don't get the, that. The, the, the occlusion and what have you that everybody else will get. All right? So the whole idea is to increase hemoglobin F. All right? That's what hydroxyurea does. Okay. But what they're trying to do at genetic level to alter the gene that it will say, okay, will stimulate hemoglobin F to be called... At, at a genetic mone- um, at a molecular genetic level. level. So you don't have to use hydroxyurea because like everything else, there are side effects with hydroxyurea. Okay. You don't give it to pregnant women mm-hmm. because it can cause um, abnormalities in the fetus. 
You also don't want to give it to young men who are trying to have children because it cuts on sperm formation. Okay. okay? And for other reasons, maybe um, allergies and whatever, some people can't take it, right? So they, they, um, doctor mentioned bone marrow um, transplant, another thing that you could do. Mm -hmm. If you have to find a donor that matches your your cells, your bone, your your um, HLA, <laughs> the the certain and okay, you it have to find a match, donor, a match donor, mm -hmm. okay, and because you couldn't, and then you what you do, you ablate the person's bone marrow, mm -hmm. and then you you transplant them, the the these cells from a donor, hoping that they will not make any more um, sickly immunoglobulins. Of course, you can imagine what that what that does to the individual. Right. Okay. I mean, you're sick. Okay. Because you are, you know, have no immunity. Your blood cells are, um, you know, your bone marrow is gone. Mm -hmm. Right. And all the things that the bone marrow does is non-existent. Right. So it's either by they do that by either chemotherapy or by radiotherapy. Right. And of course, there is thought to be an association with certain cancers in the, that occur during this process. So what they're saying is this, that well, some authors are saying that they wouldn't, because the um, prognosis of kids that have um, sickle cell uh, is, is better than it was before because of, um, I suppose, different nutrition and mm -hmm. because of of the the the, the, the uh, hydroxyurea, which is available, you know, um, they would offer it to children at this point. But if you're an adult who have had a real rough ride, I mean, lots of um, crises. Mm -hmm. In and of, out of hospital. Uh, yeah, in and out of hospital, organ damage, the whole nine yards, and mm -hmm. you have a match donor, then if you are willing to take it, mm -hmm. you have to weigh the risk benefit, of course. Right. right? Do I um, risk uh, early death as opposed to um, Li live, living in pain? So the choice is yours. Okay. Right? The, and see, the, the folks, once again, uh, thank you for uh, tuning in to Healthcare Today with HSA. Having a very frank and understanding conversation about us, World Sickle Cell Day, uh, which is June, which was June 19th, but we're, we're a little bit after the fact and still talking about it um, and what sickle cell disease is and how it's hereditary and just basically what it does to people here in Cayman. And, and I, you know, I, as a, as a brother of a sister who has it, I've watched, you know, some debilitating stuff just, you know, and I'm like, Oh my goodness, here we go again. But I've noticed when she's good for a longer period of time, it's not as intense so I, I, you know, I, I'm trying to understand, you know, because bo both my my parents are, were both healthy as horse, literally, and, and you know, her and I kind of got one one right foot and one left foot. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm six two. She's like five five six. Mm -hmm. She she's ha I, I say she's half the size of me, but the understanding was that you know sickle cell went away. 
that 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 was what they kept telling her, you know, that it'll get better, it'll get better. It got better, but then the intensity kept magnifying over the course of time, you know. Um, and what she ended up doing was was literally the minute that she felt a little twinge in her foot, she's like, I'm off. I'm I'm stop working. I'm relaxing. I'm resting. And that kind of helped when when it kicked into gear rather than her being up and down. And she lives in a cold country. So that, you know, that was magnified. And and I, I say all the time, you know, um, thank goodness for the understanding because I I know she was tested here in HSA and they kind of gave her a, a kind of a track record of how to proceed along with it. So um, thank you so much for that. But uh, just the mode of inheritance. Um, t- tell me a little bit about that again, the, the trait. And if let's just say I'm I'm a trait carrier. Um, my wife isn't. The chances of our child having it is just a trait because I'm a trait. Is that correct? Or That's correct. If if one parent has the trait and the other parent doesn't have the sickle trait at all at all, with every pregnancy, there is a 50% chance of the child having the trait mm-hmm. or a 50% chance that the child is completely free of, of it, but no chance of disease. And that is something when, when we do the newborn, um, when we counsel the parents when the babies are first born and if they come back having the, tr- you know, we share that and, mm-hmm. and we say um, to them, you know, make sure that when your child starts reaching adolescent years, you know, mm-hmm. that you let them understand how this works and that if, if because they have the trait, if they choose another, you know, person who also has a trait to have babies with, then there is that 25% risk of having a kid with the disease, 25% chance the kid is completely free, 50% chance that the child it has doubles, the trait. It d- doubles that you will have the trait. Wow. I, I mean, yeah, not, a, not exactly doubles. I know when we're talking, and, and folks, please please understand, we're, we're talking genetics, we're talking, <laughs> so it, May or may not. It just depends on the family, depends on, on the people. What is really important, really and truly, is to find out if that person that you plan to have babies with, does that person also have the trait? If you have the trait, and to remember this, like um, the doctors have said before, that S is one of the most common types of sickle, yes, mm-hmm. that, and we have that, you know, here um, but the partner may have hemoglobin C trait. The partner may have beta thalassemia um, trait. The partner may have the D trait or the E trait, which we don't have as much here in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. But guess what? If you have if you have the S, that partner has let's say the E. Then same thing with every pregnancy, you run a twenty five percent risk of having a child with the disease. Now that child would if would then have SE disease, but it's still the disease, or a 25% chance that the child would be completely free and not really have the trait at all at all, or a 50% chance that the child would then have the trait, okay? Okay. But there's more than 400 different types of hemoglobinopathies, 
Okay, and so that's why it's really important that every person who is of childbearing age should know their sickle status. And both of these good doctors here mm -hmm. have shared that already. It's right. really important. I, know I, I what agree. your sickle status is. And it, to, for me, if I walk into HSA and I said, you know, um, we're thinking about having children, we want to check out our status with sickle cell, how, how was that process? How, how would I go about doing that? Yeah, it's just some blood you have to see. But like most, more than likely, you have to see a physician to get an order. Right. Um, and once you do that, it's it's, it's pr simple, pretty simple, simple, simple test. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Excellent. I, I'm I'm thinking, you know, it's a long tr process. We waiting, and it's it's as simple as drawing some blood and, and putting it yeah. through the sequence and 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 the system, yeah, system. <laughs> and, and and finding out. What, one, once that happens, um, do we look at like the family tree, the background? Um, you know, I, I the, the old old the old status used to be like you know know someone's family to know if they had mm -hmm. any history of some complications. Well, you have to talk to Miss Miss Joy here, uh -huh. because um, she does all the um, not only sickle cell um, tracing, she does um, the. The newborn tracing covers that we do at the HSA. Okay. Covers a whole lot of um, other diseases. So okay. If you have somebody, she'll she'll tell you. But yeah, every time that I do um, genetic counseling for baby or a, uh, a pregnant lady, whoever, mm -hmm. I do I draw a family tree and I say to them, okay, say it's a woman that's pregnant. I say, okay, if you have the trait, then it would be a good idea. And I would then know that she has or doesn't have sisters yeah. and brothers. So it would mm -hmm. be a good idea to share that with them. It's not my place to go to those persons. Right. It's, I say to her, it would to be them. a good right. idea to let them know that you have the trait. Because if you have the trait and, and both parents are um, the same, you know, if they're mm -hmm. full, uh, then... It would be a fifty percent chance or more that that their someone their sibling else would also have it. Mm -hmm. and I, okay. And, and they may have, or they may have other kids. They may have a kid that was born somewhere else, and so then we say to them, okay, if this child is born with this, you should get that other child tested as well. Um, you mentioned something about your sister. Um, whenever she feel a tingling, she um go and rest. Mm -hmm. I think that is a um, there there there's a real reason behind behind that. Although she, she probably just knew it intuitively, uh -huh. because when when you're under stress, your distress hormone comes out, the hormones in your body that respond to your stress, okay. and they do cause narrowing of the blood vessels. Okay. So of course the vessels are narrow, and um, whatever else is there happening at the time, is that would would just um will just accelerate uh. Uh, what they call a benign occlusion, okay, and of course the pain comes on then. Understand. Right? So just relax and cut down those hormone. Right. So people tend to develop little ways in which they can ameliorate, mm -hmm. you know, these these problems. They but they, course, they see it earlier, like, but you can't stop it. But no. but but you can kind of manage it you in some sort hopefully, of hopefully, and you'll start managing it at home. Mm -hmm. The other um, downside of sickle cell disease, or at least in the in back in the day or in the past, I think doctors are more um, uh, educated now or are more aware of what sickle cells really go through 
mm-hmm. is that people don't seem to understand another person's pain. Right. And um, they were seen at times as like being um, drug seekers or hypochondria. Hysterical, you know, mm-hmm. but um, as one of as some of the persons that we have the the support group say said, whenever they reach the hospital, they must know that there's nothing else they can do for themselves, right? Because some of them don't really want to go to the hospital, right? They they they. Uh, I always we have to learn to be more sympathetic and find out mm-hmm. what works for the patient, right? Because they're the one who are feeling the pain, you know. I'm, I'm afraid. Well. I'm afraid that 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 their pain threshold is extremely higher than most. Most, yeah. Be, be, because um, you know, I, I've my, my I talked to her extensively mm-hmm. about it, and she's like, "It's a dull pain." Yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm like, "Okay, explain it to me." She's like, "Imagine somebody getting a butter knife and shoving it into your skin and just digging, digging." And I'm like. Wow. You see what they have, you know, they have, they live, most sicklers live in pain. Mm-hmm. You know, there's chronic pain, pain that I call background noise, mm-hmm. right? It's there, but you tend to, tend to ignore. But then the one, the painful episodes now, the crises are when you have the acute pain, when you have um, obstruction of the blood vessels and cut off of um, oxygen to the tissues or hemolysis or something like that, you know? You know, so mm-hmm. um, hemolysis itself even helps with the obstruction. It's a vicious cycle because when there is um, hemolysis or bursting of the red blood cells, mm-hmm. you get heme, the other part of the hemoglobin molecule, get let let go in the circulation, and that causes um, vasoconstriction again okay. by scavenging the nitrous oxide, which is used to make the blood vessels wider. So if, if somebody's out there listening and they have um, sickle cell trait or, or the disease, um, what are some of the things that they can avoid to kind of step back from, from being in the, in the forefront? I mean, you know, the, of okay. course we said that it's hereditary, so, it's genetic. Uh, education is key um, from childhood. Um, teachers have approached me and we've done sessions for schools where children have been diagnosed because you need to be aware dehydration, um, to keep hydrated, cold um, infections. You also have heat intolerance, so it can get tired faster. Um, mm-hmm. And they genuinely in pain. So children in pain, they need to be treated. Huh? Um, and so pain relief becomes a way of life. Um, when you're in pain, sicklers are always in pain. It just increases in intensity. Okay. from what they could bear, and then they go and take the medication. So, again, it's just really about education. And once you're aware, temperature, if you're going up in a plane, you know. Dehydration. Exactly, I, I usually tell them if they sickle cell trait, he really shouldn't be climbing Mount Everest, mm-hmm. you know, right. diving in, yeah. our, in our setting as well. I, I, I'm And, and see, we live in an island. I... I I'm sure there's somebody diving with the trait. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm almost, I'm a hundred percent, you know, yeah. the and and. But the trait, you might be able. Well, you you might you might be in in. You might think you have aches and pains, and then just put it to the dive, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of bend, so you right. come it up and not think about the trait first mm-hmm. of all. So that's always something to look into if you do dive, 
and you do it a lot, um, that you make sure you're tested and you're aware. Of course, of course. Uh, but I, one thing I would like to say is in regard to avoiding high altitudes, really and truly, that's quite serious. And they used to say, you know, you shouldn't go any higher than 10,000 feet. Then it went down through the oh, years yeah. to 7,500. Now they're saying, really, you, you People, even with the trait, much less the disease, really should not go any higher than 3,500 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not talking about going in planes because the planes are pressurized. And yeah. remember, most of the plane, most of the time, you're if you go in Miami or somewhere, you know, it's yeah. not very long. Mm-hmm. But London, that's L- another L- story L- now. London and traveling <laughs> yeah. around the world is... is Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We, 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 we do have some long carriers here, and and th- those types of things increase the risk of it, by 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 far. So you know, um, I know we we have some people who are probably listening in here. Um, before we uh, wrap up and get out of here, I will say go get tested uh, if you have any concerns, uh, and or just to know your status, you know. You did mention about treatment. And, mm-hmm. um, I think um, one of the, the ways we approach it is primary prevention. Okay. And nurse Mary will tell you all about the vaccines and immunizations. She just put you on Well, first of all, first of all, the children that, if you're thinking about with the sickle cell disease, the children should get their regular vaccinations that, you know, that are offered here. And along with that, they are getting Prevnar 13 from the time. Even babies that don't have sickle are now getting that, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Okay. And then when they're two years old, they would get something called PPV 23. Oh, yes. And then the penicillin, like doctor said, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, from the time they're a few months old until they're five years. And then at five years, that doctor decides, the doctor Mm-hmm. Like Dr. Lamsey <laughs> mm-hmm. would decide, um, does that child continue getting the penicillin? The penicillin is given one of two ways. Either they can have penicillin by mouth morning and evening, okay. or they can get the injection about once every three weeks or mm-hmm. thereabouts. And Dr. Lamsey can speak more to all of that than me. But Well, mm-hmm. yes. So the penicillin is infection. Um, every sickler does not have a spleen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the majority, because they will have asplenia, which means their body gets rid of their spleen because it gets blocked up so many times and it, it cells die so many times that the spleen no longer exists. Okay. Um, and function of the spleen, I always say it's like a it's like a filter for a fish tank. So mm-hmm. it filters. And if you don't have that filter, especially for certain types of bacteria, then you're more prone to infections. Okay. It'll and run so, through your body. Correct. So what we do is we give the penicillin in order to help to prevent these infections, you know? So it's a prophylactic, so mm-hmm. it's a preventative sort of, of dose, smaller than, of course, the regular dose. Right. And that's why it's important that you think about the infection. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. asplenia is one of the causes, and that's why we give the penicillin. Folic acid is another drug that we give as well um, because the red blood cell, a normal red blood cell, lives about 120 days. And a sickle cell lives between 11 to 12 days. So they obviously are making a lot more than um, the regular person. And so you support them with that particular 
um, vitamin. Okay, so fo- folic acid it will help increase the red to over the course. Well, it's of one of the the building blocks. Okay, so building blocks. So it gives you more <laughs> substrate. H- hence why pregnant women are supposed to take folic acid. Mm-hmm. You see, I learned something. A neural tube defects is really why pregnant women, and it really should be on it before you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So anybody of childbearing age that has wants to have children or is thinking of having children should include folic acid in their daily regime. Okay. And it's not really for sickle. That one is the neural tube defect, right. which is a defect. But, but it has an extra. But it, it, it helps. It is a building block, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Excellent, excellent. And um, we, um, Dr. Nams mentioned the spleen, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, the, the, the spleen doesn't um, get rid of itself. Sometimes we have to get rid of it because yes, of we've had to done that operate that. and take out the spleen. Because yeah. it swells Why? up, and that's one of the things that parents have to be aware. Oh, Education, okay. like we said before, because so you check your child. Mm-hmm. It grabs all those mal- and it gets fat. Cells. It gets mm-hmm. stuck and it swells. swells. Okay. And, uh, then that's an risk. That's an increased risk for like trauma. So that can rupture, and that would be a lot of blood loss. So yeah. that's one of the things you teach parents. You look for the yellow eyes, make sure they're not dehydrated. You know how to check for a spleen, mm-hmm. at least in the first three years of life. I would say if you're going to have problems with your spleen, it's going to happen within the first three years of life. Right. And, then you make and, and, and because the child can't really talk and articulate at that time, you have to be extra vigil by looking at these symptoms to be aware. To feel and be right. aware of your child. Excellent. And we have to think about the emotional aspect of, the, of being ill. Every day you wake up, you're ill, mm-hmm. right? It's a chronic illness. Like all chronic illnesses, it takes a, a toll on your, ment- on your mentally. Mm-hmm. You know? So we have to consider that. And of course, it, even the stress and the depression that can come with it can start the cycle of sickling. So we have to be very um, aware of what is out there. Um, sickle cell is quite a complicated and uh, seeing it for so many years and now hearing it broke down in a very scientific understandable way you know I, I hope whoever is out there who needed this information please 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 take it and and run with it um, talk to HSA get the information you need because information is key Mm-hmm. Ladies, thank you so much for stopping by here today. I look forward to having another conversation with you. You've been listening to Healthcare Today with HSA. My name is Chuck Taylor. Keep listening here. It's Bobo 89.1 FM. Keeping you up to date with information you can use. use. Bobo 89.1 FM.